And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Mark chapter 4, we are still on the series entitled The Parable of the Soils, or more commonly known as the Parable of the Sower. Amen. The parable of the soils or more commonly known as the parable of the sower. By the way, somebody said to me, Pastor, why do you repeat yourself so often? And I told them there is a reason why I do it. There is a reason why because it is recorded that to retain 60% of any material, you have to listen to it anywhere between 8 and 10 times. So there is a reason why I do what I do. Praise God. The parable of the soils. Amen. We are still on the first type of soil called, called the wayside soil. It's the hard soil. It's the pathway soil. Amen. And as you know, Jesus likened that particular soil to those of us who are Christians but has not developed the sensitivity we need to God's word so that we can bring forth a hundredfold. Amen. 60, 70, 100 fold. Praise God. How many of you realize that we all go through a process? We don't just arrive. Amen. And Jesus left for us a legacy, a blessing in this particular parable. For that matter, he said, this parable holds the key to understanding every other parable. Just, just every other parable, every principle taught can be linked to this parable. Why? Some Christians can hear the same message and then walk away with different revelation. It's all embedded in understanding this particular parable, the parable of the soils. Isn't it amazing that we all can sit and hear the same preaching and then you hear something different. I hear something different. John hears something different. Isn't that wonderful? God is able to meet us where we are. And so what I want to do this morning is continue. I think this may be my last installment. I'm hoping it's the last. Praise God. So we can move on to the three other types of soil. But we have to obey God. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. So our text, Mark chapter 4, praise the Lord. Verse 4. Let's look at verse 14 and we'll read verse 15. Amen. For those of you who already know, I'll just say that this particular parable is also found in Matthew chapter 13 and in Luke chapter 8. I was wondering, would you happen to have the exhibit I gave last week, Sunday, the first exhibit where the text is shown. I think I sent a word document showing Mark chapter 4, Matthew chapter 13 and Luke chapter 8 because these were the other areas where this particular parable was recorded. So Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 4 verse 14 reads, the sower soweth the Word. Amen. The sower soweth the word. What I'm doing this morning, I am sowing the word. What are you going to do when you go home this afternoon and read the word? What are you doing? You are sowing the word. So the person who's disseminating truth or reading truth, they are the sower. The preachers are not only the sowers. You see, when I was taught, when I was young growing up, I was told the preachers uh, and the pastors and the prophets and the apostles and the teachers, these are the sowers, not realizing I can be my own sower. All I have to do is sit down and read God's word loud and it's, um, the seeds are getting into my heart. Amen. I can be my own sower. What a blessing. Amen. So here is the exhibit from last week. And I wanted you to see that this particular 
this particular parable is so important. Jesus repeated it in Matthew chapter 13 and in Luke chapter 8. So important. Amen? Very, very important. What I want to bring to your attention, though, as we look at the text, I want you to know this, notice this right here. In Mark chapter 14, we are told, Mark chapter 4, sorry, we are told that, and these are they that, amen, by the wayside, the seeds that are sown on pathway soil, hard soil, amen, foot a soil where people just tread, just walk back and forth. Do you realize that type of soil is never fenced? I have never seen a fence around pathway soil. Oh, I've seen a fence around fertile soil. Hmm? I have never seen a pathway soil guarded. <laughs> Are you get what I'm saying, saints? I'm saying you've got to be ready to put a guard around your heart. You don't let anything come in and anything go out. Glory be to God. So that type of soil. Notice, notice what Jesus is telling us. He said, <laughs> he's saying this type of soil. Notice, when the seeds are sown on that soil, the devil, right here, the wicked one, he's told in Matthew. We also, Luke just called him the devil outright. Amen. The devil comes in immediately and takes the seeds away. Now notice why. The reason why Matthew tells us is because the persons who's likened to pathway soil they don't understand when it is sown and because they don't understand when it is sown look what happened look just tell us they don't understand and because they don't understand they cannot believe and be saved isn't that amazing now isn't it isn't this frightening every day for the last, prior to 20 years ago, every day, I go to church on Sundays. I would walk into church with my bag of seeds. How many of you know that's a bag of seeds? How many of you know that's a bag of seeds? I would walk into church with my, metaphorically speaking, saints. I would walk. <laughs> Glory be to God. <laughs> I would walk to church with my, with my bag of seeds. Amen. I would sit in the seat. I'm talking prior to 20, 25 years ago. God brought that to my attention 20, 25 years ago. So I corrected it. So I would walk to church with my bag of seeds. Amen. Sit. When the preacher said, open your Bible, I would open my bag of seeds. I would read what the preacher says. I would close my Bible, go home, and never open my bag of seeds anymore. Isn't that sad? Never open my bag of seeds. Can you imagine a farmer doing the same thing? Just come out with his bag of seeds. He has his seeds. Typically, he has a bag at his front. He would push, push his hands in the, and he spreads his seed. Amen. Can you imagine a farmer just go out and look at the, look at the soil with his seed in his bag and just... <laughs> and then say, well, it's time to go home. <laughs> and has the audacity to pray for harvest. <laughs> Isn't that what we've been doing for years? Oh, we pray, pray, pray. Pray what? You haven't sown a seed. And you're, and you're, set, you're just selling fertilizer for weeds. And so today, since I want to take some time, because this is the process the devil is afraid of. The process is the process to believing. Oh, he's afraid that we arrive at believing. This is the process. When you hear the word, it has to be kept. And then after keeping, it has to be understood. And only after you understand it, then believing kicks in believing is and it's not believing on its own sense it's believing in god
Are you getting what I'm saying? We have to put that in there. It's believing in God. Very, very important. Belief has an object. You are sitting on the chair because you believe that chair can keep you. Approved by the manufacturer. And so you don't see, you don't say, well, let me see whether it has three legs or four. No. You just sit. I, I pray God the day will come when we just believe God that way. Without any hesitation. Just believe God. That is what the devil doesn't want us to reach. The process. And so what he does, he intercepts the process. And as a result, because he intercepts the process, we do not arrive at the place we should arrive. And that's the place of being fully persuaded. Amen? Since if we ever reach being fully persuaded, if we ever reach the land of belief, then the devil knows he's done for in our lives. He's done for. Because we'll... See what God says, feel what God feels, know what God knows. Are you with me? And then that verse in Luke chapter, uh, I think it's in Luke chapter 1 verse 27. All things are possible with God. Amen. We'll experience that. Isn't that a blessing? So, so what I want to do today is I want to share some research with you. According to a new Barna poll, you know, uh, the Barna group is a market research firm specializing in studying the religious beliefs and behavior of Americans, Christian Americans. Are you with me? Many of you have heard of the Barna Group. Well, I, while studying, I was led to do, just to find out what they said about Christians uh, in the United States, praise God, and, and how over the years, we've feared as Christians, so to speak. This is what the poll says. According to a new Barnard poll taken before the coronavirus crisis, before the poll says there was a significant drop in biblical beliefs. Listen to what it says. And I'm, I'm going to tie it to this right here. Because notice we said that is where we need to end up. Amen. This is the process. So they're saying here, for years, amen, people have not heard properly. We've not kept what you have heard. We have not understood what we have heard. Hence, we do not believe God. Isn't that amazing? They said there was a significant drop in biblical beliefs. The poll, re the poll revealed Christians' belief in God in the United States was taking a downward trend. There was a dramatic drop in scriptural convictions. Christians, are you, these people have been around for a long time. Many of you have heard of their survey and it's reputable. The survey continues. All the Americans claiming God, we, claiming God we trust on our currency, only a slim 51% majority of Americans say that they now hold a biblical view since 51%. Now hold a biblical view of God and that's quite a drop because 30 years ago, according to the same poll, 73% held a biblical view of God. Over the, years, over the last 30 years, from the 1990s to the 20, we're in 2020, there's been a 22% drop of Christians believing in God. I'm trying to tie it because the Bible says when the word is preached, if the heart is not prepared, immediately the devil comes and he steals the word. That type of soil, that type of person represented by that soil has no resistance against the devil. 
The Bible says in James chapter 4 verse 7, resist the devil and what he will do? Do you know what I understand in Christendom? You know what I don't understand? We take words for granted. We don't understand that every promise is voice activated. We, we don't understand that. So every morning when I get up, I repeat Psalms 91. Amen. Every morning over myself, over our family, over the church. If you don't say it, guess what? I got you. <laughs> I don't trust you to take care of yourself. I do it. Amen. Bless God. I want us all living 120, 120 years. So I pray because I know the promises are what? Voice activated. You don't just say it today and tomorrow. And, oh, in two weeks I'll say it. <laughs> no. It is what? Voice activated. Just like we change clothing every day. We got to say the word. Yes. Speak what? Only Jesus said. Isn't that blessing? Speak the word only. Amen. So, so brothers and sisters, we have, we have to be very careful as to, uh, as to how we approach God's word. And it all has to do in approach and placing importance on. That is, and when we talk about pathway soil, what we are talking about is a focus. When the Bible talks about the heart, thinks about the mind. Amen. The mind. Always think about the mind because the mind is in the heart. Amen. The mind is part of the soul. Are you with me, sins? The soul is the mind, the will, and the emotion. Praise God. So the mind, think about that. Every time you, we talk about the seed of God's word being sown in the heart, we are talking about the seed of God, God's word being sown in somebody's mind. And you know the mind is, can be very occupied. And that's the problem, you know. The mind is so occupied, God's word just cannot get through until you wrestle. With your mind. Amen. Jacob showed us how to wrestle in Genesis. He wrestled all night. Listen to me brothers and sisters. When you wrestle with God. Your walk will change. When Jacob was done wrestling. He came walking. But we knew he was with God. Uh, <laughs> let me say that again in English. When you wrestle with God. Your walk will change. I'm not talking about your physical walk. I'm talking about your Christian life. You're going to walk like God walked. You're going to move from Jacob to Israel. Walking like someone who has power with God. Oh God, we give you praise. Uh, sorry, I just, I just took a, a side road. Let me get back. <laughs> Let me get back because what I'm sharing with you is very important. Let me tell you why I'm on this particular train. That wasn't my, that was what I, I was going to teach for the last, for the next four months. For the next four months, I had my sermons ready from Acts and the Lord interrupted me and said I need you because um, this is now what's been forced on us is a sila moment it's been forced on us I didn't say God send it are you with me it's been forced on us and sila means stop and think about this meditate are you with me so now we haven't got a choice but to stay home and think about what's going on. Because the studies has revealed that Christ is coming, but the saints are not ready. Are you getting what I'm saying? Christ is on the way. He's getting prepared in Revelation chapter 14. We did on Wednesday night. He's on a cloud with a sickle. He's harvesting tool, getting ready to come to harvest, but the church is not ready. Oh, glory be to God. So we have to take our time now as we move forward and ensure that we not only preach, but we have to 
teach God's word. There comes a time when that which is proclaimed has to be explained. That's why teachers in universities are called teachers. They are not called preachers and pastors. Because there's a fundamental difference in teaching God's word and preaching God's word. Are you with me? Teaching keeps you. It brings forth understanding. The survey continues. I need to share that with you quickly. It says, now this is the part that really got me. The survey, the survey says, Americans are more confident about the existence of Satan than God overall. It says 50%, 56% of those polled said that those polled, they went into churches and they spoke to Christians as they exited the churches. And this is what they came up with. Some Christians are more sensitive to the existence of the devil. This is what they said. Let me, let me, I'm, try, I'm paraphrasing it. Let me just read it out. Americans are more confident about the existence of Satan than God overall. 56% of those polls said that the people, the church people said they believe Satan is an influential spiritual being. The Bible says that the devil is a loser. That's what God says. God says the devil has one place and that's under my feet. So there's got to be biblical. Is it me or is it the truth? Biblical illiteracy is pervading the church. Because if God calls the devil a loser. And Christians are more sensitive to his existence. Lord have mercy. Now I see why. Belief in God is dropping like an anchor heading for the bottom of the sea. So it says, it says 56% of those polls said that they believe Satan is an influential being. Listen, yet almost half of the church, 49%, aren't fully confident God even exists. And the Bible says, I think it's in Hebrews chapter 6, it says, He that cometh to God must believe. That he is, and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. Are you get what I'm saying, saints? How could how did we reach there? How did we reach there? And I'm on the line with some spiritual leaders, and we're all scratching. How did we get there? What happened? Did we miss something? This is what I know for sure. Nothing is wrong with the seed. <laughs> the seed is incorruptible. Are you with me? Something is wrong with the soil. <laughs> That's my heart and your heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? The seed is incorruptible. The seed is perfect. Praise God. The seed of God's word. Praise God. The problem is the connection with the soil. That's the problem. The marvel in a seed. And when I say marvel, I'm talking about, have you seen, have you seen a, a, an oak tree? A 25, 60 year old oak tree it came from a little seed. Now that's what I call the marvel of a seed. The oak tree that's in the seed potentially will become an oak tree when the seed connects with the soil. And brothers and sisters, there seems to be a disconnect with the word of God and our hearts. And we have to examine. So this period of time called Sila that's been fostering us, we need to step back and do inventory, evaluate ourselves. Because God forbid something similar comes along and we collapse like a collapsible table, belly up. Are you getting what I'm saying? We cannot do that anymore. The Bible says to resist whom? 
That's who you resist. And when you do, what's going to happen? Now, when you resist the devil, when you resist the devil, you do it in the name of Jesus. Let me say it again. You come across, you come upon the devil by yourself. <laughs> Forget it. But if you come against him in the name of Jesus, oh Lord have mercy. He's got to flee. He's got to do what? He's got to leave. Amen. Christians, we talk, we talk, we talk the word too little. That's the problem. We talk. We say the word. We don't, inco we don't incorporate God. Uh, you know, uh, we don't incorporate God in even the little things. On our way to work. Father, I'm going to work today and I'm expecting you to use me. Uh, you, we don't do that. For, uh, that is why we ignore the small things. And that's where the power is created. In the small things, going to work, saying, Father, I cannot do this job without you. I need your strength. I need your power. I need you to use me. I need, I need, we, we today, it's going to be those are the times that you, you develop power with God. You, you, develop, you develop that strength. And you know what I'm saying? Everything you do, you bring. I cannot. I'm coming to church this morning. Lord, I thank you for going ahead of me. Bring me to the church. Amen. Praise God. Uh, safely. And I, you know, I, I cannot preach without you. Praise God. I need your help. Don't leave me up there looking like a fool. <laughs> Glory be to God. Because you know, I don't deserve this. For that matter, I didn't call myself. I was on my way to do accounting. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm talking. I'm saying that we talk to, we don't talk to God like he's a real person. Let me share this with you. If you don't, Go to bed with him. Dream about him. Get up thinking about him. Then you'll miss him. Yeah. You'll miss him big time. You'll miss him. If God is not your thing. And I don't understand. I don't understand how God is not our thing as Christians. You, you know, I... Oh... You get you know what I'm saying? I don't understand how we Christians just, can just get up and then approach the day in our own strength believing. No, no, no. No, you're setting up yourself for failure. And studies are, studies are now showing that has been the problem over the years. And whenever there is a problem, Christians just collapse. Because our strength is not in God. Our confidence. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? God forbid. That that's, are you getting, this is a time for, this time I step back. And my wife and I, we're doing, we're doing inventory. We said, Lord have mercy. We failed here. We are okay here. We got to do better here. There are things God has placed on our hearts we didn't do. How many of you know God has placed a lot of things? I'm talking too fast. After we were done doing our inventory at the house, we realized there are a lot of things God told us to do. We haven't done it. And we said, moving forward, never. No, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not, I, was, I was walking um, and I began... I began reading the Bible over and over, over again. And God brought this to my attention. Do you know as soon as God told Abraham to circumcise his son. The Bible said the next morning. Immediately. He did it. Right on God said to me. That's you right there. You need to do immediately what I tell you to do. You get what I'm saying? Abraham didn't get up and say. Well you know that might hurt Isaac. <laughs> Lord what about me? I'm going to be in pain. For no, no he didn't think about that. His goal was to obey God and believe God. Now Abraham had his issues. But brother he could believe God. Yeah the man had his issues. Are you getting what I'm saying saints? Well let me move on here. 
so so when the seed of God's word is sown in someone's heart who is representative by a wayside soil because the soil is unable to keep the seed because it has not been plowed amen to receive and keep the seed meaning not plowed meaning uh, no understanding amen you got you know you got to spend some time the bible says glory be to jesus the bible says in jeremiah 29 uh, 20, 23 29 is not my word like fire I think it's somewhere. Jeremiah 23, 29. He said, it's not my word like fire. It's not my word like, uh, 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 like, like what? Like a hammer. And what does the word God, what God's word does as a hammer? It does what? Th that's what it does. That's what it does. It breaks. Another word for break is what? Pen I heard somebody said penetrates. Break God's word. Your heart, if your heart is hardened. In other words, if spiritual, and this is what I mean when I say hardened. It doesn't mean last week. You hear me, brothers and sisters. When I say as a Christian, our hearts are hardened, that doesn't mean you or I, we are bad people. Don't you ever think about that. It doesn't mean that we are bad people. Are you with me? It's just that sometimes it happens. And we don't even realize that. You'll see in a while, I'm going to go through some scriptures in a while, so we can diagnose, diagnose a, a, a west side heart what does a west side heart looks like somebody as we go through you'll you'll realize is my heart and as i said the disciples were not bad people you don't have to be the old folks used to say you don't have to be drinking and drugging amen to be a bad person oh let me correct that let me correct that let me say it again yeah a bad person is not am i saying it the right way am i saying the right way I, you know, you know. All right, okay. All right. I hope I did. I, I don't want to misunderstand. Amen. But but we cannot lose our sensitivity. Amen. To spiritual, uh, to spiritual revelation, and that's what's going on. Amen. You'll see Jesus is asking the disciples, man, I thought you all had this down. I thought you all got it. What's going on? I heard a preacher. I was reading a commentary last night. And he, when I read Mark chapter 8, I think it's from verse 16. We'll go in a while. Not, don't go there now. We'll go there in a while. And the guy said, there is no one that they call them disciples. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> is that <laughs> you should have gotten it already. Disciple. Uh, you know, and, and I'm saying that, that that would maybe be me. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes, how many of you recognize, sometimes, even if you see the power of God manifest in, in your life or around you, it doesn't mean that you get it. You see, you, see, you, see, you see what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that you get it. Sometimes you see the power of God, you go home and just situations at work, at the house, just, you, you see what I'm saying? It's just, that's not, it's not... <sighs> And you have to recognize that and deal with it. And the survey is saying that's what has happened. There is much more the survey mentioned I haven't, I didn't speak about. But the survey is saying that's what has happened over these years. We've seen the power of God. We've heard God's word. But for some reason from here to the house, something happens. But, or during the week, something happened and then we lose most of what we heard. Amen. Glory be to God. So, so the Bible says immediately the devil comes and he doesn't want us to, he does because he doesn't want us to believe and be saved. Amen. Now, last week we had begun to identify the symptoms. Let's go now to Mark chapter 8 quickly. I'll give you 15 more minutes, 10, 15, I'll be done. Amen. Mark chapter 8, verse 13 to 21. And I want you to see what was happening here. Very, very important text. Mark 8, 
13 to 21. What happened here? Let me give you the background. We said last week, what happened here was the disciples, the, the Pharisees were harassing Jesus. Amen? And Jesus left them because they've been asking Jesus for a sign. And Jesus said, I'm not going to waste my time with these guys. Praise God. So he went in a boat with his disciples and they left. They left. That's where verse 13 starts. You got verse 13? Yeah. And entering the ship again, departed to the other side. I'm going to read the entire text and we'll come back and unpack it. Amen? It says here, the, the uh, ship again departed to the other side. Verse 14 says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. You remember we said that last week? They had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them no more than one loaf. Amen? So, they push out at sea and they go into the other side. The Bible says in verse 16, Verse 15, Jesus just left the Pharisees and he's thinking about what happened with the Pharisees. So he said to them, he was just thinking out loud. Amen. Jesus said, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod, the Herodians. He said, be careful with the, with the Pharisees and their, the Herodians. And 16, and verse, so he stopped talking. And verse 16, this is the disciples' response. And they reasoned among themselves. They decided to discuss. Saying, is it because we have no bread? That's where the commentator said, that's why they call them disciples. When, <laughs> verse 17, and when Jesus knew it, when Jesus found out what they, was, what they were discussing, he saith unto them, why, why are you discussing that? Why are you saying it's because we have no bread? And he begins now to list the symptoms of a, yes, the symptoms of a heart that's insensitive to the word of God. He said, brothers and he said, brothers, perceive you not. How many of you have heard perception is everything? Yeah, and he's saying, you just, <laughs> what's going on? perceive you not he continues so that's will uh, will unfold what perception is in a while he said neither understand don't you understand he continues have your heart yet what hardened now these are men how many of you know these are men who've left their families and their businesses to follow jesus so these are not bad individuals these men these were men who was on they were with jesus about three or four in the morning on a ship put their lives in danger they didn't want to go and the bible said jesus compelled them to go so these were not bad people these were men who they were trying their best and jesus is telling them you've been around a long time and verse verse 18 says have your eyes having eyes see you not jesus said don't you see you have eyes you have eyes but you don't see how many of you how many of you know you cannot see god with your natural eyes <laughs> you forget it trying to see god with your natural eyes or trying to hear god with your natural ears brother you got to you know what's got to kick in second corinthians 5 7 it says for we walk by faith not by sight i'll develop that a little later <laughs> oh and he's going down he's going down what has he said he said having eyes see ye not having ears hear you not all these are symptoms of a hard heart and here it comes again and do ye not remember 
Why don't you remember? He's continuing. He's continuing. And he's, he said, when I break the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full? They said to him, 12. And he said, when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets full? They said, seven baskets. And he asked the question again, 21. And he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? Saying, what's the problem? Brothers and sisters, we have to ask ourselves that same question. What is the problem? How is it that we haven't understand? Because God is talking all the time. He's talking all the time. We just have to be spiritually sensitive. There is our sensitivity. Our perception is gone. And because of that, people, you know, I have said myself, God, you know, is God, where are you? What's going on? Amen. I wouldn't you say, I wouldn't you saying anything. Oh, yeah, he's been talking. We've not been listening. Some of us, we've lost our sensitivity and consequently make wrong choices. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it seems like I'm the only one, so I'm going to put up my hands. Amen. Praise God. I have made wrong choices because of my spiritual insensitivity. Praise God. But how many? I love, I love Psalms 116. Is it Psalms 116? Verse 16, it says, I was, oh, I say, is it Psalms? That, that, that's, that's the Psalms I used to cover me every time I make a mistake. It says, the Lord preserves the simple. I was low and he rescued me. <laughs> Are you with the Lord what? He does what? He preserves the simple. Whenever I make my mistake, I say, Father, I thank you. You preserve the simple. Hmm? I was brought low. How many of you know sometimes the mistakes you make can bring you real low? <laughs> and but the Bible says he what I was brought low, but the Bible says he comes and he brings me up. He doesn't leave us in our quagmire, in our mess. Amen. Oh, what a blessing. What a I thank God for God. Amen. So let's quickly, I know I cannot do all, I may, I may just do one or two, but let's go through the symptoms of a hardened heart. And I hate to use the word hardened, but that's the best we have. Praise God. Or symptoms of an insensitive heart. The Bible says, Jesus is saying here, now, let me say this before I go any further. The questions Jesus asked them, it is not intended to shame them. Amen. I got to say, it's not intended to shame them, but to instruct them. We cannot risk shaming people or getting people, letting people feel hurt. And we cannot do that. Now, some folks will feel hurt whether or not you speak the truth. That's just life. But that should not be your intention. So his intention was not to shame them. After all, these are people who come out anyhow. Peter was married and he left his wife and on, uh, on the sea. Who would leave their family and be on a sea with, on a boat with a man three o'clock in the morning? You think about that. Talking about I'm a <laughs> disciple. <laughs> Think about it. So we have to, I want you to keep that in mind, brothers and sisters. We have to keep that in mind that, praise God, it was not to shame them. But I will tell you, the 12 appeared to be no better than the crowds in understanding. And I think that's what, I think that's, Jesus was a little remorseful and sorrowful because he's saying, man, you all are no better than the crowd. The crowd don't understand. You all don't understand. You all have been with me. What's going on? So. Oh, glory be to Jesus. How many of you, you fully understood Luke 137? Luke 1. Can you put Luke 137 on the board? 
Luke chapter 1 verse 37. How many of you, you think you really understand? I have been trying to understand that verse for years and I've been meditating and I think I'm beginning to reach a little somewhere with it. What it says, for with God what? <laughs> I, was, I read it last week and God asked me, what's keeping you back? <laughs> if you really believe it, that's why I told you and I do not come down on the disciples too hard. Because they are, we are ourselves. We are, we are insensitive certain areas. If the truth be told, God has been laying things on our heart and God asked me the question is, what is your problem now? You read it, you talk about it, you memorize it and you jump and you go, Ray. and he's asking me right now, what's going on? Do you really believe it? Do you believe that nothing God has told you to do for him? It's impossible, and if you don't, why are you standing still? That was the question he asked. Maybe I was walking, and I was just talking to him, <laughs> and I was just, I was just flipping verses through my mind. <laughs> and when I come across, he said, "So what's the problem?" Praise the Lord, and I'm asking you the same question: What is the problem? Don't be too hard on the disciples now. Praise God. <laughs> Ooh, bless the Lord. Amen. What about Philippians 4.13 quickly? What about Philippians 4.13? You got it? I always have that in my back pocket. But uh, it says what? what? Philippians 4.13 says what? Is, is, is that so? Do you really believe that? Have you moved from hearing, keeping, understanding, and believing that stuff? You think about it. I can do all things to Christ who energizes empowers me anyhow I, mean, I just thought i would give you two unless you think they were really disciples amen we all have a door in front of us some, some way <laughs> somewhere somehow somewhere amen did you get did you get um did you get uh, jeremiah 23 29 about my word very very important verse that's what needs to be done to that uh, 20 to 25 years ago i began praying that's i memorized that verse when i realized my spiritual insensitivity my depth of perception was not there it's like i was just i was like a, a the bible calls him a natural man a christian functioning as a natural man and god said you need to plow your heart so that what i'm telling you can stay and brothers and sisters, the truth be told, that's where many of us are. We've not allowed our hearts to be plowed. Amen? We need a plowshare. Praise God. A plowshare to go through our hearts. Amen? And it's not sometimes, sometimes it's, sometimes you can do it voluntarily. Sometimes situations and circumstances can get you soft. Let me say that again. Sometimes what? Situations and circumstances get you soft. Or you can decide to get soft yourself. <laughs> I was going to say something more, but I won't. I see somebody smiling. <laughs> Amen. Glory be to God. My praise God, help me get soft. Amen. Help me get soft. And the way you do that, brothers and sisters, is doing what God told you to do right away. That's one of the ways God showed me to get soft. Do what I told you to do right away, lest you develop an insensitivity in that area. Brothers and sisters, I'm talking about things that we just overlook over the Christian years. 
Amen. And and now uh, we, the supposed reaction we're supposed to have, we don't have it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh. Amen. After this break, this sila moment, my life will never be the same again. Never be the same again. I thank God for that time. Amen. And while I praise him, it's not from him. I am I'm thanking him for giving me the opportunity to stop, think about it, and meditate on some stuff. I, because of that moment, I have been so brutal, not brutal, brutally nice. <laughs> Amen. Not, you see what I'm saying? Sometimes you, you know, sometimes you are not upfront with people. You see? Now, yes, no, what, when, where, how. No more maybe. <laughs> are you are you getting what I'm saying? Not in a bad way, but brother, I'm now on a mission. <laughs> oh, glory be to God! I'm a, I'm on a what mission? Ah, glory be to God! Oh, glory be to Jesus! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Glory be. Uh huh. So our first, our first, the first question is, and I'm just going to do it and move on. I know I'm reaching the 45, I'm reaching the 45 minute mark. Praise God. But I am just going to look at, is it okay? Just look at the first, let's look at the first thing Jesus said. And then we look at the rest the next times. Because since I am not going to rush through that anymore, we have to, we have to sit down and talk. Amen. Because we have to grow. We need to keep the seed and reach the land of belief in God. Amen. Gone are the days where the seed just fall on the surface of the ground and it's just sitting there, sitting there, and then the birds come. No more birds. So the first thing Jesus said was, he said, why reason you because you have no bread? Why are you? Didn't you know that according to Luke 4.4 4 and Matthew 4.4, 4, man shall not do what? You know that. You see me. You see. What is, why can't you understand that? Quickly, let's go to John chapter 6, verse 31. And, and we'll call it, and we'll call it. John chapter 6, verse 31. And we'll read until verse 35. John 6, 31 to 35. Amen. Now, this is Jesus talking about, they're talking about Jesus. Je, they're asking Jesus. Heather, they're asking Jesus to give me a sign to show that you're really from God. They said to Jesus, you go ahead and perform a miracle and we'll believe. <laughs> Amen, that you are who you say you are. Because in John chapter 8, he said, he's in John chapter 8, verse 54, he said to them, before, don't turn there. Amen. He said, before Abraham was i am <laughs> Woo, are you with me now, now we read that in the english and we're saying well why did they pick up stones jesus in the greek is going back to exodus chapter uh when moses asked god who to whom do i tell them to send to me god said tell them i am that i am jesus tell them before abraham was I am. They said, you make yourself like God and they pick up. So now, because he said that, they're asking him, oh, that's, not him. that's not enough for them. No, they said, now we want you to show us a miracle. And this is what Jesus said. He said, our fathers did it manna in the desert as it was written. You know, that's written in, in, in Genesis. 
He gave them bread from heaven to eat. He didn't stop there. <laughs> then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. You see the word verily, verily here? Do you know what verily, verily means? I, you know, I thought it was truly, truly. I used to say that. It comes, from a, it comes from a word that means truly, truly. But the word itself means amen, amen. So be it, so be it. It comes from a word, for real. It, the root word means truly, truly. But the word itself means amen, amen. Are you with me? So Jesus said, and he said it twice. Whenever Jesus said something twice, we know it is established. From Genesis, we agreed, right? Jesus said, amen, amen. <laughs> so be it, so be it. I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven. What did Moses what? Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. He's getting somewhere. But my father giveth you what? The true bread from heaven. He didn't, he didn't stop there. He said, for the bread of God is he. What's the bread of God? He which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He didn't stop there. He's pushing his way through. He didn't, he didn't stop there. He's trying to give them a clue. But they are duh people. So he's moving on. Then said they unto him. Th those who are still asking for a miracle. Lord evermore. They said. They said what? Evermore. Give us that bread forever. We want everything free in life. We don't want to work for it. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, verse 35, he said what? And Jesus said, you know, I'm just going to break it to you. You, you, see, you still haven't gotten it. He said, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I am the bread of life. He said, he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that, be, what? You see the word what? Believeth on me shall what? Lord have mercy. The disciples were there when he said that, but they still didn't get it. Isn't that amazing? And so he's asking them, why are you discussing bread? This is beyond the physical bread. We passed, I thought we passed that stage. What, what, what's going on? It's about me. I've always been the bread of heaven. And this is what... I'm going to end with this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to end with this. The reason why Jesus taught in parables was not to give truth. He taught in parables to hide the truth so that when they're ready, they'll get it. You see? Because he's not going to, he, he was, at first he was teaching straight, but he said, I'm done. I'm not going to give my pearls to swines. Folks are not interested. I'm not going to just talk. What I'm saying is pearls, pearls, and I'm not going to give them to swines. I'm going to hide it. And when they're ready for it, they'll come after it. Because the premises, this is the premise he's working with. Nothing is yours until you discover it and possess it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why there is no room for lazy Christians. You got to go after God like a big bull. And if you don't, you will miss him. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? 
If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11 and the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850 408 8496.